Welcome to the Social Sunshine Podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Crossan, and I'm here to help you build a brand, make an impact, and have some fun on social media. I'm the owner of Fun Love Media, a social media management and content creation agency in Houston, Texas. I'm a wife, a mom of two, and when I'm not working or with my family, you can find me on my Peloton bike or tread, dancing on social media, or cuddle up with wine watching reality television. Please know that this show could include some grown-up language here or there. Let's get started. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the Social Sunshine Podcast, episode 163. I'm your hostess, Brittany Crossan. Thanks for being here again. Um, today's guest is definitely an interesting one, interesting topic. Uh, Maria Spiralis is going to be talking about legal blind spots that content creators face. So we're going to get a little legal on you today. Um, But don't worry, it's an easy and fun conversation. Uh, We even use Kim Kardashian as an example. And it's a really cool thing for you to think about whenever it comes to like your business and social media and things you want to watch out for and be careful for. So that conversation is coming up in just a few minutes. Really quick, I just had something cool to share with you that I'll just take a second about YouTube. Um, You know, YouTube, well, we all know YouTube is incredibly powerful. It's the second largest search engine in the world, the biggest being Google. Of course, Google owns YouTube. So, you know, they've got that (laughs) area dominated. And YouTube is such a huge tool for so many business owners, right? And what I heard recently I thought was really exciting, um, which is that they're going to be in 2023 rolling out this like ad share thing with creators, right? So what that means is like they're going to like when there's ad, you know how you're watching YouTube and an ad might play before the video or whatever. Well, they're going to be sharing ad revenue with creators. And this is really, really exciting. But there are some requirements that you have to meet. So as far as right now at this point, they're saying that creators with at least 1,000 subscribers, which 1,000 is not not astronomical. It's definitely achievable. Um, But you've got to get 10 million views on shorts in a 90-day period. That's a lot of views. I get it. But I'm telling you this now so you can start working on it now. (laughs) Because if you can gain momentum and really, really get things rolling and cooking, then by the time in 2023 this really rolls out to more people, then you're going to be able to participate. You'll be able to apply to join their their partner program is what they're calling it basically. So, And and if you're not familiar, YouTube shorts are um, just short form videos on YouTube. You know, in the past, YouTube was always about the like horizontal, like landscape mode looking video, um, and they're usually longer than than um than social media platforms right but now they have shorts so just like you post a short video to TikTok or to Instagram Reels or Facebook Reels, you can now um, do this on YouTube Shorts. And um, I actually have a few examples because some members of my membership, Small Biz Social Society, are really diving into YouTube. Uh, first, first example that comes to my mind is um, Lugina, who is also known as Tread Chic like tread as in a treadmill and then chic like C-H-I-C. <laughs> um, and she's been doing YouTube videos for a long time and um, has tons of subscribers and has really seen some really cool things happen in her business from 
from you know being on YouTube, and um, she's really a standout. So definitely look look Lugina up. Um, she's a, she's a member of Small Business Society and an ambassador. Another member and ambassador that's really diving into YouTube recently is Sarah Kramer. So you can look up Sarah on YouTube as well. She's been doing really well, being super consistent there because she had previously been super focused on Instagram, and then of course she started incorporating TikTok. But more recently, it's been YouTube shorts and she's seeing some really cool stuff happening, um, uh, on there herself. And, um, and I highly recommend you go to hers and like, you know, follow her and then, and get some ideas on what you can do for yours. And then also another one, there's so many of them. Um, Pamela Mearsheimer, she's a, she's a great example of somebody who's been using YouTube. Um, we have a lot of members in, in small biz social society that, that are really diving into the, the YouTube route. And from what I hear, as far as listening to more like YouTube specific experts and reading things and whatnot, is that YouTube shorts really needs more content. Like they don't have, it's not like, sounds cheesy to use the word saturated, but they just don't, it's not quite as saturated yet with creators um, creating and, and uploading shorts videos. So it's a really good opportunity to get in early and to um, lay a solid foundation for your business and brand on YouTube with these short videos. And then hopefully you can you can gain some momentum and get to some big views numbers and be a part of that um, of that ad uh, revenue sharing program they're gonna have. So anyway, I just want to give you those tips on YouTube. Um, look into it. Also know that we're gonna be continuing to talk about this more and more in my membership Small Biz Social Society. Um, so in our enrollment is going to be open December 19th, 2022 for just a few weeks. So you're gonna want to get in there to be a part of these conversations and all of these great members that are having cool experiences there and sharing with you and helping you start your own experience. So um, yay for YouTube. This is exciting. I'm getting into it myself. You can look me up, Brittany Cross, and I'm on YouTube as well. And um, just starting that journey myself to experiment and see how it goes. So all right, that's it. Um, I hope that was helpful for you. Let me know what you do with the YouTube thing. I would love to hear all about it. Send me a message on, on social media. Reach out anytime. Uh, coming up next is my guest, Maria Spear Aulis. Today's guest is your friend with a law degree. She's been making law less scary and more accessible for business owners since 2010. And today she's going to talk to us about legal blind spots that content creators face. And a fun fact, all right, I love this. She studied voice performance, aka opera, in college, and her favorite crystals are goldstone and serpentine, or is it serpentine? Serpentine, I think. Serpentine. <laughs> Welcome to the Social Sunshine <laughs> Podcast, Maria Spear Aulis. Hi. Hi. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being on the show. This is so cool. I was telling you before we started that we've never talked about this topic. I'm very, very excited to introduce it to everybody and to educate everybody. But I had to do, I had to mention the voice performance, first of all, because <laughs> I'm not, I, I did not do that. I don't have that in common with you, but I do have performing in common with you. I was an actor on film and theater and did a lot of music theater and stuff. So I have very, I have a high appreciation oh, cool. <laughs> for what you did. That is so cool. And yes. then the, the crystal thing is always just so fascinating to me. I love it. Um, I, yeah. I keep learning more and more about that. And it's just very interesting. <laughs> yeah. Well, I always say about like crystals and anything that someone would consider to be quote unquote woo. Um, yeah. I, I feel like, you know what, if it makes us, if it, if it's positive force in our lives, like leave me alone. <laughs> I'm yeah. going to do my thing. Yes. <laughs> I love it. So what is, what is goldstone and serpentine? Like, what are they good for? Do you know mm -hmm. off the top of your head? I feel like I have to think, um, 
have to think because I have use a little cheat sheet, but Goldstone is like this dark orange with a little teeny tiny little specks of gold in it. And I think it has to do with abundance and like yeah, okay, all of those delicious things. And so I mm-hmm. love to just it. And I think serpentine has something to do with stress. Oh shoot. I I I should know this. <laughs> <laughs> I put you on the spot. I put you on the spot. No, it's okay. It's okay. No, I just love that you mentioned that on your website. I that's why I picked it out of there to put in your intro because to me that kind of stuff is just so fun and positive and I love it so much. But the voice performance thing was cool to me. If you indulge me just a little, tell me like what that was like. I mean, oh my gosh, I mean, so I cool. I thought I was going to do it, you know, forever because singing was something that you know. I mean, not to get into our uh, self-consciousness, but, you know, it, growing up, you have all of these, all of these different things that you wonder if you're good enough and this and that. And I always knew that that was my one thing that I was good at was singing. And so went into opera, did some musical theater in college. I love meeting other people who love musical theater. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a lot of, you know, my college experience was very different than some of my friends in law school. I, you know, my finals were sight reading and, um, we had musicology, which was, you know, you would study the songs that were part of that class for the semester and they would play a 15 second or 30 second snippet. And you have to say the composer and the year and, you know, the movement and all this stuff. I, I, God help me if I had to do that now. (laughs) That is, that's cool. I didn't know that was a part of something like that. That reminds me of like somebody studying wine, right? Like a blind tasting. That is very, very cool. And it's really, I mean, it's not easy to do. Well, okay. You know, for someone like me thinking about doing voice performance and really, really specializing in that, that's really, really cool. It's, I, I, I find it to be, um, cause for, most of us were probably not naturally gifted singers. So somebody like me going into musical theater, like, it's like, okay, I can carry a tune, but like, we gotta, we gotta focus real hard. Like this is not some natural gift coming out. So anyway, I thought that was so neat. So um, anyway, sorry, everybody sidetrack there. I had to um, of course talk about that, but so now I want to know, I'm interested. So now how, when was the transition into what you're doing now? Tell me that story. So I, my junior year of college, I, I switched my, um, bachelor's of music to a bachelor of music arts so that I could do more outside of the music school in terms of my curriculum and classes and take like a history class and some English classes and some, um, and some things like that. Um, so I started to get the idea junior year that I really didn't want to just graduate an audition forever. I mean, I started getting cold feet really. Um, so I started thinking about law school and had some friends, you know, in the music industry. And I was like, if I can help artists like that would be really cool. Um, or at least I would have the knowledge of like the legal industry behind me where I could go and work for a record label or A&R or something. I, when I was in college, iTunes was new. So if that gives you an idea of like my age, (laughs) Um, I understand. I'm probably right there with you, (laughs) but iTunes was brand new. People were ripping, you know, they were using like the Grokster and the Napster and you know, that I remember barely. Yes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yep. And so, um, you know, I was going to fight the internet pirates and then um, I had a friend while I was in law school that was in like a moderately popular indie band. They were on the OC. If you remember the show, the OC, um, yeah, I love that like, show. I know it's like a, the best comfort 
So, so much comfort. I love it. (laughs) Um, So much dramatic comfort. Yes. (laughs) But he was like, I don't really care if people steal our music, you know, as long as there are fans and they come to the show. And I was like, well, if you don't care, then I guess I don't care. Um, But I wanted to still be in that copyright and trademark and creative legal field, if you will. Um, If there's a creative legal field, I think that's where I am. So that's kind of the, the path that I took. That's cool. Okay. I I find it super duper fascinating. I can't believe I've worked in this social media marketing industry for so long and have not had a conversation with someone like you until today. So um, it's probably a little past due. So I'm glad you're here. So you're going to talk about legal blind spots that content creators face. Um, And I, like I said, don't know really much of anything on this topic, except for maybe like the basics, but I've never really thought about this from the content creator standpoint, because like, like in my agency and our work, we're, we're doing social media management, but like a lot of them are more traditional businesses. And so we're probably um, not like it's going to be a difference, right? Because if you have a traditional business and in fact, I was looking at your Instagram and I saw you talking about the music, how like on an Instagram business account, you don't have the same music options as creator account because they don't want you using their music for business purposes um, without, of course, I guess, permission or whatever you have to get. And so I'm usually in that frame of mind. But then when I think about everybody else and creators, like there's so much to consider. So what introduce us to legal blind spots yeah, <laughs> for yeah. creators. Like what's the deal with this? Well, I'm so glad you brought up that topic too, because that's one of the things that I was going to bring up. So, so I'll back up a step and say, you know, what we're really thinking about when we talk about legal for online creators, we're thinking about copyright, which protects creative works like photos, like music, all of that stuff. Um, we're talking about trademark, which is brand names basically. And we're talking about internet law, which is a mix of contracts and marketing and um, fair, not fair advertising, but fair, you know, speaking about what you do in a way that's fair. If you have an affiliate link saying that it's an affiliate link kind of thing. Okay. Okay. Um, So, and part of that too is if you're doing an online giveaway or if you're, you know, operating on a social media platform, making sure you're following the rules for that platform um, and things like that. So we'll talk about music really quickly. And yeah, so- yeah, for sure. Cause that's huge right now with all the videos and whatnot. Yeah. Yes. And what I did was I kind of toggled between, you know, business account and creator account just to see the differences. And obviously the music is a huge, huge difference. So, um, you know, sometimes when you see a sound, you can go to it and it's sometimes something that a creator created, you know, like a voiceover type of sound. Um, but sometimes it's music and the link back to the actual original artist with the little blue check mark and you know like okay this is a legit one it's not like something somebody recorded on their phone and tried to sneak onto the platform well a lot of those verified sounds those verified sound recordings you can't even save you can look at them if you're on a business account but you can't save them right so the licensing you know the licensing between those artists and meta i guess um you know, it's is clear that they don't want businesses to be using that audio. So you might be thinking, okay, but I'm a creator, like who cares? I'm a creator. So that means I can use it. But here's my kind of overall feeling on that. Because if you're doing a sponsorship, if you're doing a sponsorship or working with a brand, right? be careful of using music because even though it's available, 
you're using it in the same sense that a business might be using it to promote a product, to promote a business. So just tread very lightly. Um, I always say get permission, or if you can't get permission, just use another sound because like I said, it, it might be available to you, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's cool to use. Right. So you're saying that just to make sure it's clear for everybody that especially even if you're like on, we're, we're going to stay on this Instagram example. So you're on Instagram, your account is set on creator mode, creator account. That's the account type. Um, and which means you're going to have access to a lot more sounds and music and everything. Um, but especially if you collaborate with a brand, you're getting paid like anybody out there. If you do a post where you show a product or whatever, and you get paid for that, or like you said, an ad and you're um, running an ad on Instagram or whatever, or face, I guess it probably Instagram and Facebook. Um, yeah. then that especially avoid using copyrighted stuff for that. You know, I've actually wondered that because I've seen ads where people use music that I recognize. And I wonder, are they using, there must be some, they're trying to do some sort of work around or something. Cause I've wondered, I thought, God, that seems like you wouldn't be allowed to do that. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And even, you know, anything where you're promoting a product or a service, anything that could be, even if it's, even, even if you haven't, you know, it's not a paid ad that you're doing, but you're talking about a product and, you know, maybe you have an affiliate link or something. That's when I say that starts to look like it's an advertising type of post. And right. So what would you say in general, when I, what would you say is, is pretty much safe to use, um, you know, what kind of content would it be like, as long as it's like entertainment, general education, like, it's not actually like you're saying, like selling specifically a product or yeah. So lifestyle stuff, educational, um, if you're, you know, an expert in gardening and you're just gardening (laughs) or whatever, you know, whatever it is, um, that type of stuff, I haven't seen, you know, be as big of an issue, but it's when you get into that direct, you know, business, even if it's maybe a course that you have that you're selling, then you're getting into, okay, I'm selling something here. I'm making an offer here. That's when I start to be as, as opposed to, I'm just going to teach about this today, or I'm going to show, you know, my vacation. Let's take a quick break from the episode to talk about something very exciting coming up. Starting on December 19th, 2022, you can enroll in my membership, Small Biz Social Society for 2023 for just $12 per month paid annually. That means for just $144, you're in for an entire year. Small Biz Social Society is a mastermind membership that I created in 2020 for ambitious business owners that want to stand out on social media. Your membership includes our core curriculum of masterclasses for Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, LinkedIn, and email marketing. You'll also get exclusive invites to six guest experts in 2023, group coaching sessions, access to our in-person event, Social Success 2023, and our amazing community within our private Facebook group. To be one of the first to snag this incredible offer, head to brittanycrossoncom slash join email and grab my free guide, how to build a mission-driven personal brand on social media. This subscribes you to my emails, where you'll be one of the first to know that the special offer is live on December 19th. It's time for you to be seen and heard on social media and beyond. I can't wait to see you in the social society. So, okay. So everybody's got that. So if you are creating content where it's sponsored, it's an ad, or you're pretty much just directly selling your product, 
Um, it might be best to avoid copyrighted music. That's like, like you said that you, you see that it's legit music from the creator. That might be a good thing to avoid. Okay. I want to make sure everybody understands it. So, um, what else do you think? What are other pretty common legal blind spots, things that we should look out for? Other things. I mean, some, sometimes it's just going back to the basics. Um, there, a lot of people are really surprised to learn that you can use the TM symbol after your trademark, regardless of whether you have a registered trademark. Um, and that's maybe not so much on Instagram or on, on social media per se, but on your website, certainly like on the banner of your website, where you've got your brand name add that little TM symbol, because it helps to show number one, that you consider this to be your trademark. And number two, so the R in a circle means registered trademark. That's only if you have a registered trademark with the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. Okay. But a lot of people don't know the difference. And so <laughs> someone comes on their website and they see the TM symbol and they're like, oh, better. Okay. So it's like you're making it kind of like professional. Like, look here, I've, I've got the trademark symbol. Like, yes, leave I, my, I leave my stuff alone. Be, yes. I consider this to be my intellectual property. So step off. Kind of thing. Okay. That's cool. I didn't know that that was even a thing. I might need to try that online. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, cool. Um, okay. What else, what else are you seeing these days to have like, kind of like the music thing? Is there anything else whenever it comes to like what people are actually saying or what they're promoting or they're claiming like anything like that, that you should watch out for like how you, what you actually say in your content? Yeah. I mean, I think, um, so the UK just, it's maybe been about a year, but they have started to, or they announced that they were going to start a, um, basically a blacklist of people who do not conform to, um, the disclosure rules. So if you're run, if you've got an affiliate thing that you're posting, if you are being paid and it's not really clear whether there's a sponsorship type of relationship there. If you're not conforming to the rules and making the disclosures that you're supposed to be making, they put you on a list. Now that's a big deal because if you're a brand, you don't want the liability of maybe being, you know, working with a creator who's on this list. Right. right. So I don't, I, I, I don't know. It, it, it's not in effect in the U S yet, but I would think that it, it will be coming because you know, more and more people are using that type of using social media to run these type of things or to do right. because it's so effective. Um, so just being aware of making sure to disclose, you don't have to disclose how much you're being paid um, or like sure. the nitty gritty details, just, you know, it's about making, making that disclosure clear. That's, and that's when you see people say, put like hashtag ad and things like that in their caption. Mm hmm. Okay. But before you have to click the more or you have to tap more, right? Because a lot of people won't tap more. And so the FTC has said, you know, we need this to be before the little, the little yeah, hole. right there at the beginning. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So cover your butt. Oh my gosh. They have a list. What the hell that makes, <laughs> that feels very intimidating. Like I don't want to be on this horrible list. <laughs> These creators have done wrong. Um, Oh my gosh. That's very scary. Uh, I'm glad that you brought that up. Yeah. Let's watch out for that. And if anybody's listening in the UK, I mean, obviously we're in the U S but we have listeners all over. So watch, yeah. watch yeah. out for that. Something else interesting I saw on your, on your Instagram was something you talked about 
Uh, I'm putting you on the spot here, but it was something you talked about with Kim Kardashian yes. and she had to pay some sort of fine. Do you remember what that was for? Cause the, I was, I was getting confused on it, but you mentioned like crypto and I was like, Oh, you lost me. Yeah. I, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. It seems like whenever I try and keep up with crypto and NFTs, and it's like, all right, I've got it. Oh no, I don't have it anymore. <laughs> um, okay. So hers was kind of a mixture of that issue because she was basically a spokesperson or she had invested in the company or something. She had some financial ties to it, didn't disclose it. And because, because it was a crypto thing, it was considered a security. And so there are investor rules that she also was supposed to abide by that she didn't abide by. So it was a combination of those things. She didn't disclose that she had a relationship with the company and because it was technically an, a security or an investment or something. So yeah, she had to pay 1.25 million because the crypto company had paid her $250,000 to do this one post. Um, and so the 0.25 is basically like giving back what she was paid and then the million dollar fine. And she's not allowed to promote any crypto anything for, I think, three years or something. So that's, that was part of her. Okay. I, I'm still stuck on, she got paid $250,000 for her post. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, girl. Nice. <laughs> that's impressive. I mean, yep. this one, this one cost her a little, but, um, yeah. Okay. Okay. That's crazy. Yeah. I saw that and that caught my eye. I'm a Kardashians watcher, so it, it caught my eye, but, um, that, that, okay. So here's where I'm thinking though, that somebody listening could get confused. And I, I just want to break it down super um, fundamental. So that way it's super easy to understand. So if, if someone is advertising their own thing, like within their business, they're not needing to put hashtag ad or anything, right? It's just, if you are collaborating with another one. Right. Right. I mean, if, if you, yes, if you're collaborate, if you're promoting your own material, it's kind of, you know, that's a little bit different. What's, what's unclear is, gosh, I really just love this sparkling water company. And let me tell you more about it. And maybe you're an investor in the company, or even if the FTC has said, even if there's like a family relationship, that's something that you have to disclose. It doesn't have to be someone actually paying you money to do this post. It can okay. be, you know, ties to the company, like an investment or you own stock in it or something. If you're, if it's a family owned business, um, if you have some kind of stake in it. Right. Aside from it being your own business, because of course you're talking about your own business. Right. But it's just where there's that confusing line of, oh, this isn't, you know, my business of talking about legal issues for content creators. This is a completely different company that I happen to be talking about. Right. I wonder, I wonder about stuff like that when you compare it to real life, it's just, it's a whole different world, I guess now with social media, but because if, if in regular life you were in a room at a party and you were an investor in the company and you told everybody, I love this sparkling water. Y'all should drink it. No, it's fine. Right. Like you can say it, you know, but, yeah. but on social media, it's different. What do you, what's the difference there to explain that? Well, that's a good point. I mean, I think, I think you might even think back to product placement too, you know, in the way back, you know, sixties when television was where everyone was looking and there were, pro there was product placement maybe in some shows um, or even now they do product placement in films and things. And so right. the difference is, 
I don't know, a social setting versus when you are, when there's a kind of a relationship of trust. Yeah. You're following someone because you like their mission, you like their style, you like whatever it is that they're putting out there. And so you establish this kind of no like, and trust factor with a creator online. And then, you know, they slide on this product or whatever it is. So it's a little bit of a different, maybe a different relationship than just somebody that you're meeting at a party or somebody that you're in a social setting with. Right. Well, and, and we also have to remember that in the big picture, social media is still new compared to, you know, from back in the day, like it's, it's still in its younger years. And so I guess maybe these things will continue to get worked out and tweaked and whatever along the way. I mean, and it's probably totally common for people to make these mistakes being that in not on purpose, right? Like, I mean, even Kim, maybe, maybe she didn't do that on purpose. Who knows? But, but, um, what I'm wondering before I let you go is like, if someone out there is listening and they're worried <laughs> and they're like, Oh crap. Um, I have all of, you know, I don't want to break the law and I just want to create my stuff and sell my thing. Um, what would you, what would you say to them? What are your words of encouragement? Like, is there something they can do? Is there a way that they can be like, follow you or be in touch with you and check in with things or can they get help or how, what do they do if they're concerned? Yeah. So first of all, it's, 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 it's not as complicated as you think, at least in terms of this compliance stuff. I mean, the rule really is if there's, if you have that kind of relationship, if it's an affiliate link, if it's an, a brand sponsorship type of post, your disclosure has to be clear and conspicuous, meaning it can't, can't be hidden or kind of vague. So putting hashtag ad, the first, the first thing before you type any other text, that's good. You're good. Okay. If it's a story, you know, if it's a visual only, you don't have that caption option then you have to put it somewhere there. But again, it's so that it's not hidden, not hidden is kind of the thing that I go to because okay. get into clear and conspicuous and, and legal words. And it's like, wait, what? Um, <laughs> but if your disclosure is easy to spot, it's not hidden. You're good. Okay. So don't try to be hiding shit from <laughs> <That's right. laughs> just, just be open and honest. And you know, this is like a life lesson. Actually, <laughs> this applies to everything. Right. Social media, yes. just be open and honest. Um, I love it. Okay. All right, cool. Um, this was really cool. Thank you for sharing all this with us. Uh, it was our first time and we needed to have this kind of conversation and we need to keep in touch with you. So how does everybody do that? Make sure and tell everybody how they can follow you, your website, work with you, all the things tell us now, but we'll also put it in the show notes. Yes. Okay, great. We're going through a little bit of a branding transition, but you can find me on Instagram at Hey, so Maria, um, that's so S O and, um, you can find me there. I talk about fun legal stuff. I, I, I use the Bravo housewives whenever I get an excuse to talk about trademark things. They, I love when they give me an excuse to talk about those things. So um, I'm sure they give you lots of excuses to talk about lots of yeah. things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you can find me there. Okay. We'll follow you on Instagram and we'll put the, we'll put all the links in the show notes. Thank you so much for doing this, Maria. This was really cool. I appreciate it. Thank you. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for listening to today's show, y'all. For more information about the podcast, go to socialsunshinepodcast.com and follow us on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe to the Social Sunshine Podcast YouTube channel. For more information about me, go to brittanycrossin.com and connect with me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, TikTok, and Clubhouse. The Social Sunshine Podcast is a Fun Love Media production. Funlovemedia.com. Bye.